Greetings. My name is Patrick, and I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Today is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. Today I'll be reading from an AA text called Came to Believe. And today's story is on a big screen. Here we go. I drank for about 28 years, starting out as a social drinker, becoming an alcoholic, becoming a periodic drunk, then a compulsive drinker. My drinking cost me my home, my first wife, my children, and just about everything I had ever worked for all my life. I was arrested for being drunk in public, I developed TB, and I knew that my heavy drinking had probably brought it on. In four months, I was in and out of four alcoholic wards in four different hospitals. On my release from the last one, I stayed drunk for three solid weeks and woke up in jail again. I thought I was there, as before, for being drunk in public, but after asking, I found I had committed a felony. On a cold morning, I entered the penitentiary to begin a five-year sentence. After being processed and taken to my cell in the receiving unit and hearing that iron door slam behind me, I thought this was the end for me. I had gone just about as far down as I could go, and I felt there was no hope. In the next five weeks, I sat in that small cell and blamed everyone but myself for all my past and present troubles. No one could be more full of resentment, hate, and self-pity than I was at that time. One night, while I was in my cell looking looking at the four walls, my whole past life seemed to open up before me, as if on a big screen. I could plainly see for the first time all the heartaches and misery and pain that I had brought on everyone in the past my mother and father, my first wife and my children, my present wife and all my friends. For the first time I realized none of these people were wrong. I was the one who was wrong. All of the things that had happened to me, I had brought on myself while drinking. I believe this moment was the first time I had been honest with myself in many years. Soon after that, I received a letter from the clerk of the prison AA group. I had a faint idea what AA was, but that was all. The letter invited me to come to the meetings if I thought I might have a drinking problem. The next Sunday, I attended my first meeting, and when I left that room, I had an open mind and an honest desire to stop drinking for the first time in my life. I have again accepted God as I once knew him, and once again I ask for his help each morning when I wake up and give him my thanks each night when I go to bed. I have my loving second wife back again, and she was also an AA member now. Last February, I had seen an anniversary in AA. Today, I am living in a minimum security prison on a farm. I have a parole hearing coming up, and with the grace of God, I will be home soon with my wife and family. If it had not been for the spiritual awakening I had that night in my prison cell, if I had not once again come to believe in a power greater than myself, None of these things I have today would be possible. And that's from Jefferson City, Missouri. Amen. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Your replace starts with a container full of water? I'm going to make an analogy. Analogy? Okay. Okay. You have a container full of water, but you want to change the water out. But you don't empty it. You basically want to flush it out with new water. So to me, either way works. You know, you're, the ultimate objective is to get something positive in there that will, 
you know, the light will overtake the dark eventually. Does it make sense? Yeah, that's very much. So if you got, you can pour the water out and pour water in. That's basically what you do when you physically get up and move around. Right. You, you empty the water. Wait a minute. By your actions, right? It's called, um, you know, I don't want to be thinking this. I'm going to go wash the dishes or go do something else. Uh, yeah. Now, Just, now you're, that's dumping the, uh, the container from the stocks. Pretty much. And then the other way would be... Or putting it aside for the time being. Mm -hmm. Let that simmer, and maybe after a while it just flicker out and die. You know all the bad stuff, yeah. and you realize it really wasn't all that bad. It wasn't that horrible, and it wasn't that negative, and it wasn't a big deal. So to to me, uh, evil imagination becomes habit forming after a while. You know, and resentments help don't help any. Um, Sometimes they're addictive, though. They're addictive. Huh? You get on one and it's like, okay, let's find something else. <laughs> you know, I'm on a roll. And then that, that's really a path, getting on a path of destruction. Yeah, you, they call, it's called the shits uh, and discouragement. No, no more one offender, the shits. Yeah. To get down to his basic thought about replacing thoughts, bad thoughts with good ones, there's a law of physics that says... Two solids cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So whether you remove one altogether or you force it out with new water or new thoughts. Either way, the old stuff is going to go out. Wow, yeah. And you just, be replaced. And Jesus said that you, you're washed by the reading of the word. You're washed. Although liquids are not solids, but still, the same molecules can't occupy the same place at the same time it's just a a physics thing that I remembered hey man see you you have some physics teaching that's beautiful that, I was just uh, learning uh, it's called quantum faith a scientist talking about quantum's, uh, quantum's faith and they're talking about that our words are parallel that they're you know, what we say, there's another world that's going to make it come true. What we're saying is parallel. Each word is parallel. So we say, if we call on evil, then the negative parallel evil side will show up. They say that uh, molecules, when when they tested them, they, only, they respond to our looking at them. We make them uh, animate. We make them come alive. Mm. Molecules. So, you know, and there's a negative side of the world and there's a positive side. So if we, if we speak God's word in faith, uh, we activate those. And the way, and I'm, I'm doing it more and more by reading Proverbs, five chapters of Psalms uh, on a daily basis, five chapters. It takes about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I'm, uh, I'm projecting, uh, knocking on the door of that kingdom. You know, I'm, I'm calling faith to be my friend. I'm calling wisdom to go alongside with me. I'm calling humor. And I, and I notice that I'm more humorous when I go to a meeting. It seems like if they throw an offense at me, it'll just bounce off. I'm just high on something, you know. And that's when I get a good dose of investigating and getting lost in the Word of God. It's a, I don't do it enough. Life tries to get in the way. 
I always thought as a truck driver, I, if I can shoot my foot with a shotgun so I can take the rest of my life off and read the Word of God, that would be, <laughs> that's what it'd be nice. What do you think? Oh, you too. <laughs> you too. <laughs> oh, no, I always thought one day a doctor is going to discover that my whole life I had this rare, rare exotic <laughs> disease, and guess what it'll do? It'll excuse a lifetime of all of my behavior. And then people say, oh, okay, you're really forgiven now. You're off the hook for everything. You don't owe me that money. You don't owe me an apology. You, you don't owe me a new car, nothing. You're, we understand now, Pat. You know? I, 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 I think they discovered it. It was doc, yeah, Dr. Paul. It's called what? It's, well, the disease I have, which is, it's not quite rare and it's not really exotic, but it is alcoholism. So I do have it, but I didn't get any uh, pats on the back for, for that. Well, you know, when I found, <laughs> I found out I had that disease, I jumped for joy because it explained everything what you just said to me. Yeah. Why I lost that good-looking girlfriend, why I said the wrong thing at the wrong time, why I blew that job. As soon as I got money, I paid my bills, and I told the job, screw you, they've been helping me all along. Yep. You know? To, yeah, to, those are symptoms of our, our disease. So the thing that strains out is... <laughs> What it is. And it kind of is irresponsible to blame it on that, you know, because we think it's a moral issue, you know. Well, we made those choices. We deliberately done it and stuff. But in actuality, God's word is, is a road. You know, and God tells us, take the road, and if you, if you read the instructions on the road, it will go more easily, you know, your destination. But we take, we take detours because we get bored of the road. Really, because we're bored because we're not really reading the instructions or getting into it. And or because every el everyone else is doing it, and why follow the herd? Because we have to be unique and have to be different for the sake of being unique and different. Hey Amen. We need the truth of God's Word, uh, page 64, to uproot any wrong belief. Uh, past pastor, in his book, The Power of Right Believing, if you find your mind drifting into anxious thought over the smallest things, memorize and quote this verse, Isaiah 26.3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you because he trusts in you. Now, I don't understand that verse. Can you? It, it, it says, I don't know who's you or who do you keep in perfect peace. Say it again. You need the truth of God's word to uproot any wrong belief. Get into his word and get into his thoughts. If you find your mind drifting into anxious thoughts or the smallest things, memorize and quote this verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's over my head right now too. So I'm sorry I can't give you any input on that. Amen. Well, you but it'll hit me on the way home. <laughs> well, you just reading it helps me. It helps all of us. Um, and maybe one of your listeners. I think what. <laughs> because he trusts in you, but the you is capitalized. That's what it threw me off. See. You. See. You see. Because he trusts in you. So we're talking about. So there's three people here. You would be a title. Almost like a proper noun. It seems like there's three people here. The author, the commentary, he's saying, God, you will keep that man in perfect peace 
because his mind is stayed on you because the you is capitalized it means it's God oh okay yeah because he is trusting in you by his proactive actions you know he's clapping he's praying he's getting on his knees he's singing that that man's actions faith could be speaking that you know validating your actions uh they say right now that in heaven um uh, a book is being written in what we're talking about a note is being put in heaven that we're talking about god and his word that it's like right now it's counted as they call it it's called it as as a righteousness as a like maybe a, a token or a Kudu, what do they call it? Kudu? Kudos. So, um, like, like a merit point? Yeah. So that goes in the plus column of life, the assets <laughs> rather than liability. Amen. So, so here... You want to lighten the liability column and, and put more in, and invest more in the uh, positive assets. That's what we usually do when we start getting gray-headed. We start getting more wisdom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You need the truth of God's word to to uproot. I like that word, uproot, <coughs> wrong beliefs, because we're no different. We're made out of carbon. You plant seeds in us, you know, and we'll grow seeds. We're just like the ground. So we have grown words, comments, statements, anger, um, ridicule. We have grown that, you know. And, and so the God's word, the Holy Spirit is telling us, God... You will keep Patrick in perfect peace because his mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26.3. And it says... When you have a goal and you see the goal at the end, mm -hmm. like the end zone in a football game, well, you got to get from point A to point B and there's going to be obstacles in your way. And yeah, you got to deal with them, but you still keep your mind focused you know on that mm -hmm. you know the, the the goalposts basically so yeah no matter what it is uh you're gonna have obstacles or some of the self-help books call them temporary inconveniences mm -hmm. challenges so how many peaks do you see right now looking at the mount, mountain how many peaks or mountains do you see Three big ones and a whole bunch of little ones on top of each big one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. One, range, one range right there, there, and there. Well, just for simplicity, I see two, two hills to get to the, to the, to the, let's call it the Big Apple, the Big Mountain. Oh, okay. And that's our goal. That that's our goal. I'll get past those two. Yes, but what I'm saying there, in, in, in top of each mountain, as you notice, there's there's some there's some buildings up there on top of that mountain on the right side. Yeah. There's a meal for us there. We have to, we have to get to that one first, eat the meal, and then go down the valley, and get all sloppy and muddy and cut up, yeah. and know. In other words, we make little peak to peak goals to get to the other peak, and when we get to that five thousand foot peak. We got to have other peaks that we can see. When we get to that peak, then you're going to get all the way to the Matterhorn. Peaks, peaks, peaks. So what I'm saying is, is the overlapping goals and and uh, numbers. Like I asked, I asked, what's my birthday in a year from now? When well, a year from now, I'm going to turn 28 years sober. It's going to be on a Thursday, 
And I'm going to take all my sponsees out for, for breakfast or something like that. That's my goal. See, that's a peak to peak. I still haven't completed my 27th, but I'm already looking for a peak way out there. I'm oh. talking about it. I'm already picking the restaurant, so I'm, I'm projecting myself into the future in a positive state. Do, do you know what day you're going to have on two years from now, your next birthday? I believe it would be a Sunday. Very good. Uh, this last one was Friday the 13th. <laughs> I never forget that. That's really tough to... That was your first year, Friday the 13th, yeah. when all the devils come out and make everybody drink? Somehow, that strikes me as a very significant omen. Good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a superstition. It's a boogeyman. It's a mental boogeyman. Which catches a lot of people. Oh, superstition. No, that that Friday the 13th, yeah, superstition. Yeah, I know where that came from. It is just another day. But still, even with me, it's in the back of my mind. I associate it with bad luck. Yeah, and you got through it by meetings, meditating, contacting others, and... Uh, and reviewing the past. Uh. Yeah. Okay, the writer on this book, I'll say this and we'll stop. He says on page 65, Whenever I feel stressed or worried about something, I pull away from life's hustles and bustles and simply meditate on God's promises. Sometimes I like to drive to a quiet park and, and listen to music as I'm going there. God's word declares, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And I tell the Lord, yes, Lord, it is you who will keep me in perfect peace. Perfect peace comes from you. I just need to rest in your grace and keep my mind on you. I don't need to think about what to do or about this challenge. As I trust you in you and keep my mind stayed on you, you will lead me and guide me. My trust is not in my own strength, but in you and you alone, Jesus. What am I doing here? Instead of allowing stress and worry to get to me, I'm training my heart to see how God sees my challenges. The bigger God becomes in my heart, the smaller my challenges become. In fact, many times when I just relax and keep my mind on the Lord, His peace and wisdom begin to flow in me. And the challenge that I was previously so worried about becomes minute and inconsequential in the presence of Almighty God. Are you faced with insurmountable circumstances today? See what God sees and let him peace let his peace drive out your anxiety, let his wisdom direct your thoughts. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. There's a I heard from a transit guy in a meeting, the guy that jumps trains, uh pretty healthy individual and we were up in the meeting and he was hanging around our meeting place, you know, taking a rest, came to California. And we were talking about meditation in the meeting. And when it was his time to talk, the guy said that there's a state like uh, Idaho, Oklahoma or something where if you get into some kind of trouble, say shoplifting or something, like, they send you with a court card for meditation. You got to go punch, punch your court card and stay in there for 20 minutes at least and meditate. If you're a big offender, you're being sent there three times a day. And, and they virtually have a lot of success with that. Really? Yeah. You just sit there and don't think about anything. You can't play with anything. You know, just meditate. <laughs> and then you're being monitored. 
<laughs> what do you think about that? I guarantee someone will find a way to screw that up. <laughs> as easy as that sounds, they'll get bored with it. They'll start humming. <laughs> yeah. They'll start looking at the clock on the wall. Say, well, I've had enough of this. Yeah, uh, so I, I put myself in my own meditation, and it's been working. This is like a meditation right now. Patrick coming over to have a little coffee and talk about to shoot the breeze. And we break out the Word of God and meditate a little bit on, on God's Word. The only thing I like to say about God's Word, that is refreshment, it's rewarding. Uh, the word reward is two words. Ward is you're young again. Re, you're refreshed, you're rewarded, you're ward. We are wards of heaven. So that's what's happening right now. Thank you very much for today's podcast. God bless you guys. Thank you for showing up. And see you again in the next podcast. Bye. Thank you. Blessings. Bye-bye.